Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. The Ad News Podcast, the podcast that celebrates the industry's penchant for a sociable drop and a chat. Welcome to a special edition of the Ad News Podcast with Accenture Interactive. This episode is part of the Future of Customer Experience series we've been working on together. I'm Ad News Editor Rosie Baker, and in this episode, I'm joined by Accenture Interactive Managing Director Michael Buckley and Fjord APAC GM Bronwyn Vandermerver. We're going to explore a few things in today's episode. We're looking at the future of customer experience. So we're looking at how brands are learning how to personalize every experience that people have with their brands. We're looking at what experience marketing really means, the integration of technology, creativity, and consultancy, and how brands are having to prepare for a screenless world where voice technology dominates. So I thought I would kick off um, by asking you both how you got into the business and the roles that you're in. Michael, how did you get into digital and marketing? So I was uh, originally worked at a company called Media Decisions that became Zenith, which was the first media company to deregulate in 96. And uh, at, a, at a time about sort of three or four years later, I said to my boss that we needed to get into digital. And at that time, it was a, an unknown factor to go into digital or not. And uh, they said no. And I said, right, well, I need to leave. And uh, a very good friend, David Holmes, uh, set up One Digital, which became Isobar now, as we know it. And so I entered Isobar, and then after five years, uh, the business sold it to Aegis. Um, so it's now part of Aegis, and I left there to start Razorfish and did that for a number of years, and here I am today at Accenture Interactive. So, so you go way back into the beginning of digital. Well, I don't know about the beginning of digital. I think Microsoft was well ahead of me back then. But, uh, yeah, it's been in our uh, amazing industry for quite a while. And, Bron, um, how did you get into what you do? So, Fjord is a service design agency. What does that mean and how did you find yourself running that agency? So, I've been in digital my whole career. I've, um, I've been a designer, started back in, in London um, in around sort of 1999, just before, just when the internet was really taking off. And I, I started as a designer and ended up at the BBC and I worked there for about 10 years um, and ended up as the head of design and user experience there. And so, that was looking across all of the BBC's um, digital products and services and, and working with quite a large design team. Whilst I was there, I actually hired Fjord to do some work for me. So I'm a client turned employee. But uh, after I left the BBC, I moved back to Australia, um, was working at another design agency. Um, and when Fjord decided to set up um, an office, a studio here in Australia, they, they got in touch with me. And so I was hired to establish Fjord in, in Australia and New Zealand. Um, and my trajectory from a design perspective and, and, and service design is... Um, 
is I sort of started off as a visual designer and then became a user experience designer and then became a service designer. And, and what that really means is that you're sort of looking at problems of a different scale. So throughout my career, I found that I've started off looking at design problems for a particular module or an element on a screen, then for a whole sort of set of digital products across a, a, an ecosystem. Now with service design, I'm going beyond digital, or, or the service design does go beyond digital, to think about the um, physical uh, channels as well. So digital, call centres, field, retail. So service design is really thinking about all of the touch points that a customer has with a brand and thinking about how you can design them to be better, to be more engaging um, and to really meet customers' needs. So it's kind of the whole customer experience journey, even beyond marketing. So it's every kind of touch point they would ever be exposed Absolutely. to. So it's, 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 it's sort of touches on um, awareness and acquisition, but it's the full service experience of onboarding and use. And if you have a problem, how do you get that resolved? But what's interesting about service design is that there's the customer facing part of it, but you also have to think about the organisational side, so the sort of stuff that's back of house, because a service is kind of co-created in real time between your employees, your frontline staff, and your customers. So we also work a lot with organisations to help design the employee experience so that they can deliver a better customer experience, because it's two sides of the same coin. And how is that kind of fitting into the, the bigger picture of what Accenture Interactive is looking at with clients? Yeah, so... Uh, we're solving, I mean, at the end of the day, the, the CMO and the CIO, who are our, our major customers uh, within clients, are, you know, they're in this major digital disruption and transformation. And there's not a single brand or client that's not going through that right now. Um, and if, if you have solved it, uh, let me know the client that has. And, you know, I <laughs> uh, would love to know the case study, but pretty much uh, 100% of clients are literally going through this transformation. And so, what we bring is this um, team of about 500 people across Interactive, across Sydney, Melbourne and Auckland to uh, reimagine the problem or service or product that the client is going through. And so Bron uh, owns the strategic part, owns the service design element. So hopefully after a 12-week process that we have there, you have an understanding of the journey that you're going on and you, had a, you have a future state that you see your brand um, that can get to. And so what the rest of Accenture Interactive does, and this is including the monkeys now, is create that new experience or reimagine that service or product and bring it to life. And I think the beauty of what our clients like about us is we not only create the experience, but we deliver on it. And then we also, the consulting part of the business actually brings the, the value and the, the business case to it. So it's it's not, um, there's plenty of ideas out there that would be very, very expensive, but not very profitable for a client, but they'd be nice to do. And so we actually bring the business lens to those ideas. And so as a combination, we feel like we, we are the ones that create the best customer experiences. What are the big themes that you're seeing clients are getting really affected by or responding to in the market? So one of the things that we're talking to clients a lot about is how they can... Um, deliver this next wave of services, which we call living services. So um, we've got this incredible opportunity right now because um, of the digitization of everything. You know, you have sensors in the environment, everyone's walking around with connected devices, with their wearables and everything else, so, which are all creating this incredible amount of, of data. And that data is just a goldmine of insights to help organizations to better understand their customers. So we are helping um, uh, 
the clients to, to think about this next wave of services that are highly personalized to an individual and change in real time based on this data that's coming from all of this, this, these connected objects in the environment and, you know, as that we as individuals carry around. And that's a really significant shift from a sort of one to many type of um, the one size service. fits all exactly. kind of message. Yeah, to, to something that is just personalized around an individual. So if you can um, listen for certain triggers in this data, you can start to predict what a person is trying to do. And you can proactively reach out to them and give them a, a little micro moment that is like delightful. So for, for example, um, I was going to see some friends the other day at a pub and um, I got a little message from Google telling me that it was going to take me 10 minutes to get there. So I hadn't asked for that message. It just kind of popped up. I'm sure you had that similar experience. And so I started driving there and then I got another notification from Google telling me that the bar that I was going to is now closed. And I stupidly decided to continue on. I was like, oh, my friends must have checked. I'll, I'll just keep driving. And I got there and, of course, it was shut. It was a Monday night and the bar you was closed. Google at your peril. I exactly. <laughs> exactly. But this is an example of a living service. It's this experience that is, you know, Google has all of this information about me that I know it has access to my calendar and my email and all those kind of things. But it's also picking up these data um, from all sorts of other sources, the weather and traffic conditions and, um, you know, the opening cl and closing times of certain establishments. And it's delivering me this little micro moment that is very insightful and very useful. And, it, you know, this is the kind of thing, this is this next wave of, of service delivery that we're working with organisations to, to try and deliver. Because we kind of expect it from everywhere. If we think if, Go you know, as a consumer, again, if Google can do it, you kind of expect everyone else to be able to deliver the same kind of thing. That's exactly right. It's this rising tide of customer expectations. Um, we call them liquid expectations, and it's it's exa exactly that. I kind of get out of a taxi and I make a payment in the cloud and I get a digital receipt sent to me, and I think, well, why can't all digital why can't all payments be like that i find myself when i actually get in a normal taxi wondering whether i've paid or not and if it's if i'm in yeah, an uber or exactly. a cab and i kind of forget to actually pay the driver which is not ideal for the drivers obviously but it's because i'm i'm thinking i've already had that yeah. really good experience and paid for it already yeah yeah so, well i mean uber now right is if they know that you catch the train right and you get off whatever your your station is that they now send ubers before you've even ordered them Right, because they know the chances of you getting in an Uber is that much higher. So the algorithms are getting to the point of they're guessing exactly yeah. what you're going to do based on your behaviour. And because they can see you in the app, they're like, well, the chances are that Michael's going to get an Uber today from that station. And so they just send it yeah. free. Amazon sort of were, were looking at doing a, sim a similar thing, which was like pre predictive shipping of goods to certain ports based on what they, un what they predicted customers would want. So it is, yeah. we're, we're moving to this completely new era, I think. And what's really tricky for brands is, is understanding what's creepy and what's cool and understanding where different brands have brand permissions. So some of these big platform brands like your Ubers and your, you know, your Amazons and your Apples, they kind of have permission by consumers to play in this space. And we kind of trust them with our data and we kind of expect these services. But would you expect that from your telco or your utilities provider or your bank? Or would you think, actually think that's an invasion and that, that's not cool? So, we're, you know, it's a really interesting point in which uh, organisations, again, need to prototype and test these things. And they need to sort of see where the boundaries are with their customers of what is acceptable for them versus, you know, where they may need to partner with other brands who have better permissions to kind of do this, these kind of things. 
because what would be allowed and, and work for one brand would kind of be a big overstep for another brand and you're kind of falling in those those different gaps would be, would yeah. be a problem. Well, I think what really drives it is trust. So are you a brand that is trusted to do the right thing for customers? If you're a brand that has cost, constantly had a uh, provided a really crappy experience or done really cynical things to kind of try and lock customers in or have have really sort of reneged on promises then people don't trust you and and they're not going to want to give you that kind of data and allow you that kind of intimacy into your life whereas if you have a position of trust where you have done the right thing and people kind of expect you to be um, very customer centric they're much more likely to give you that brand permission and Michael, what else are you kind of seeing big trends-wise that are sort of cropping up more and more? Yeah, I think the the one at the moment is on everyone's talking about is personalization. So it's uh, personalization has got to this. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. We, you know, we're no longer targeting females 18 to 39. We can now target or say retarget like I've, I've looked at a clothing brand and then somehow the issues become that that clothing brand will just follow me wherever I go on the web. And that, that becomes like almost untrustworthy, right? Mm. Like it's sort of like, go away, you know, like I don't want to see, like I've, I've chosen not to buy it and you, you just... Keep following me around. You keep following well, me around. Well, you've bought it already and it still follows you yes. around. Yeah, and it's, it's, so it's not the true essence of personalization. And I think we are embarking on a stage now, um, you know, that we can actually target an interaction and only that person at that time when they want you know, so it's like the Uber example I gave you, The we're sending an Uber to you because it, we know that you're likely to get off at that train station. And that's just one interaction and that's it. There's nothing else. And so how do you do that in marketing? And, and I think everyone's, um, you know, whether you're a television station or a radio station or you're a creative agency, you're now actually thinking about the creative message for the interaction as opposed to the demographic. And so... Uh, there's a lot of work that we've done now to get down to almost like that life moment and and are you ready for that message at that point in time mm -hmm. um, as opposed to bombarding you and thinking that technology is taking over and making it more cost-effective. Mm -hmm. But you need a, a huge amount of intelligence to do that because what you're effectively doing is you're at that moment there's that trigger and you're delivering this micro-moment for that particular individual customer. But every time you do that, it's like a little experiment and you either work out, has that been effective or has that not been effective? Yeah. And you need to feed that data back in and that then drives what the next type of interaction will be. So it's going beyond just keep bombarding them with the same thing over and over again to actually trying to give them a message or an offer or an experience that 
might be um, useful or acceptable to that customer. But then learning from that immediately and iterating the experience ongoing. And that's when you can do that across an organisation at scale with all of your customers that you've really started to deliver a living service. It's kind of machine learning at a big it is. at a big organisational scale, right? It is, and yeah. that quite, quite often we are putting these sort of decision brains into organisations and they are based on machine learning because the the number of uh, data points and sort of transactions, it, it's vast. It's not really possible at a human scale. You do need machine learning. Yeah, for, the to cost is too high to do it manually. So, you, yeah, to Bron's point, you do need the machine and then it's a case of, okay, so the cost is no longer there. What are the things that I can spend money on? And so, again, that's where it comes back to how do I create a better experience? Because I can now deliver the experience in a way that has never been done before, but how do I create it? And that will always be a human, a human problem to solve. I mean, things like artificial intelligence and machine learning are kind of cropping up more and more in conversations we have with people all across the market as these kind of the next wave of technology and the kind of opportunities that they sort of allow brands to, to play with. What are some of the other sort of technologies or things that you guys are seeing that are kind of coming up in the future that you think are, are really exciting but not quite here yet? What's the kind of the next big thing past, past the things we're already working in that are exciting? I think augmented reality. So, you know, there's been a lot of hype around virtual reality and there are definitely some fantastic use cases for that. Um, you know, in you know, we see it a lot in sort of um, with field workers to be able to sort of see through walls and be able to, you know, actually understand or manage machinery from a distance and all this kind of stuff. But I think the most common, common usage will be augmented reality. Um, so being able to see a digital layer on top of the physical world. And we had obviously Snapchat last year, which was like this tipping point for augmented reality, which you know, has come and gone and, it, you know, it was great. But what it did is it it, it basically um, gave millions and millions of people their first experience of virtual reality. And they now understand that it's possible to walk around the physical world and see a digital layer over the top of it. And so now brands, businesses can use that uh, knowledge that customers now have to build experiences. So, for example, um, Macy's have built a virtual um, shopping experience so that customers in China can walk around a virtual Macy's store and shop and buy products from the Macy's in New York and have it delivered to them in in chi in china so that's, that's a that's a whole new layer of kind of e-commerce and shopping online right because you can physically experience the brand in the way that you that you want yeah to yeah. do it yeah the other one um talking of commerce and you know new technologies is you know we're embarking on how to design for voice so you know google home launched last week and in australia very excited to try out google home mm, it's fantastic yeah it is pretty cool especially when you get alexa to talk to google home and have a conversation <laughs> uh, but you know, like, uh, I've got a seven-year-old boy and he, when I got him to talk to Alexa for the first time, like, he's, the way his eyes lit up was amazing. And, like, so he, he's almost, like, left the iPhone behind and moved to voice. And, you know, like, we never grew up with that that chance, right? We, It's, in, it's part of our lives, but he's going to make it the centre of his life. And so what we see that's interesting is Amazon now, uh, if you were to buy say, washing detergent, and you buy it through Amazon.com, it's like uh, $12, and through Alexa, it's 10 And so, so they're, 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 playing, yes. they're playing with the algorithm already to incentivize you to actually use Alexa. And, and what then happens, right, as we're designing for voice and also thinking about brands that are going to enter this ecosystem is you can see that Amazon is actually creating a closed ecosystem. Because uh, another example was... 
you know, I, I asked uh, Alexa for Duracell batteries and it said that it didn't have any, but it does on Amazon.com, right? But it did say that I do have Amazon batteries, <laughs> right? And so they're suddenly choosing the brands that they're going to give to you through voice. So you say, let's, you're ordering a pizza on a Sunday night, who decides which pizza shop is going to deliver you the pizza? Because all you did was say, I just want a pizza. And suddenly if you have a favourite shop, like it's just going to go straight to that shop all the time. And so what, what happens to brand and customer experience at that point? And so there's a massive trend within voice that's going to appear in, you know, in the next year. I think that's a fascinating sort of thing to look at, the, the sort of the next wave of sort of technology and environments we're, we're designing for and brands are having to get used to being in is, is voice. And I feel like almost a lot haven't quite got to grips with even mobile yet. And that's so so ubiquitous. So that kind of whole screenless um, mm -hmm. world is a very interesting and probably scary place for, um, for brands to be. Yeah. It is really interesting because... Um, what happens to your brand when you go into voice? How do you actually express your brand? You know, if um, you either have to build on one of these big platforms um, or you have to try and build your own AI and voice, which is obviously very time-consuming and expensive for most organisations. So so what? how do you actually create a brand personality within a voice environment? How do you create something that is distinctly, you know, Telstra or distinctly CBA or distinct, distinctly Qantas, you know, that, that actually represents those brand, brand values? So um, that is an interesting thing. And, you know, one of the, the things that also happens with these type of chatbots and these concierges is that they start to learn about the customer that they're engaging with, again, through this machine learning and the artificial intelligence. And so they can start to become more like the customer. They can start to converse in the type of language that the customer likes. So I don't know if you've heard of Crystal Nose. It's a AI where you can basically um, put your details in and it can understand exactly how to best communicate with you. And then once you've signed up, you can do it to anyone else. So I can go to LinkedIn to someone's meeting I'm about to have and say, I'm going to go and meet with this person. Crystal Notes will tell me exactly how to communicate with that person, what type of language, what style. So, but if you think about that with a brand, you have got a whole bunch of organisations who now have the capacity to tailor their brand around the customer. So what happens to the brand voice? You have millions of versions of a particular brand voice that are suited to that particular customer. You know, it's a really interesting time for yeah. for brands and brand messages when you, you start moving into the voice domain. It's a really interesting inversion of having yeah. a different version of the brand for each customer rather than, you know, yes. a customer choosing the brand that they feel best reflects them. It's the brand actually does start reflecting them. That's a really interesting yes. switch around of that. Yeah. And so it's Crystal Nose, right, that is saying, oh, okay, I can look up the CFO in that organisation and the CEO in that organisation and understand how these two are going to communicate with each other. And so it's like the new wave, right, of how people are trying to get closer to you, uh, which is it's a, it's a scary thought, but, um, you know, the, the positive side of it is, as Bron says, is how brands can actually communicate in the most effective way. One of the, the things in the Australian market that um, we are probably more used to seeing in terms of the first wave of artificial intelligence is around chatbots and they're the chatbots that within the messengers so facebook messenger or slack bots and slack and those kind of things so we you know are designing a lot of um uh, uh chatbots for our clients already and i think that's probably the first wave that people are going to see but it, in in some ways it has very similar ramifications for brands as the voice control because again it's just chat so and it's chat normally in a different 
channel than your branded channel. You know, it's in Facebook or somewhere else. So again, you need to sort of think about, um, or, or brands need to think about what is the personality, what is the sort of the um, the tone of voice and the the idiosyncrasies that kind of make up your brand's personality when um, when uh, communicated through the written text. So the whole chatbots and sort of machine learning and artificial intelligence is a really interesting sort of dynamic considering we we kicked off by starting talking about the customer experience and the living business and human characteristics. So it's interesting that as we go towards being more kind of human as an organization, we're relying more on technology. Is mm. that is am I thinking about that the wrong way or is that the right kind of way of thinking about it? What what we talk about when we speak to organizations is really um, it's about understanding the customer experience, understanding the customer journey. And then at each touch point, thinking about, is that best delivered by a, a human or is it could it be delivered by a machine or is it a human that's been augmented by a machine? But it's not about just going in and saying, I'm going to go and put artificial intelligence and a chatbot in everywhere because that, that doesn't work. And, and what we're seeing is the most successful instances of the application of these types of technologies when it's is when it's done um with the humans at the heart of the decision-making process. Again, using human-centered design process to actually really understand where these um, technologies can really benefit both the, the um, employees and also customers. Brilliant. Well, I think that's probably a good place to wrap up, bringing it all back together. Thank you so much for joining me. This has been a special edition of the Ad News Podcast with Accenture Interactive. Thank you. Thanks, Rosie. Thank you. This episode is part of the Future of Customer Experience series we've been working on with Accenture Interactive. You can find a number of articles that have appeared in Ad News in print and online if you go to adnews.com.au slash brands slash Accenture Interactive. You'll also find the video series in the same place. And you can also find out some more information at accenture.com.au slash interactive. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.